This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I thought the next thing was the love that we have in our hearts. I believe love is heaven on earth. That's our heaven on earth is the love that we share. And so imagine that scenario where you are just, it's so hurtful. And you have someone who doesn't have to say a word, but they just look over at you and smile with, I'll get emotional because people have done this for me. People have done this for me. When I'm at, my husband has done this. When I feel all is lost and I've just about lost hope on something and I look over and he just, he just gives me that look of love and that support and says, honey, you can do this. Struggle is good. You're struggling to get better. This is good. We're going to get through this. We can get through anything. We, if we have our lives, we can rebuild on anything and we can rebuild better. Oh, by the way, when change happens, that's the absolute time to start dreaming big and saying, how do I want to feel? What's the ideal life for me now? How can I do it and be productive? Not where's my next handout? I need a handout. I need, some people believe that they need help from everybody all the time. They have to be able to stand on their own to truly, really get the key to the treasure chest. Welcome to Inside Out. My name is Billy Samoa Salibi and I'm your host. This show is all about insights and explores how transformational moments of awakening have helped propel the lives and careers of remarkably successful people. These major breakthroughs teach valuable lessons that will help us in business and in life. This is part two of my interview with retired Army Colonel Deb Lewis. If you listened last week, then you already know that Deb was part of the first graduating class of women at West Point. She commanded three U.S. Army Corps of Engineer districts during combat and was responsible for a $2.1 billion reconstruction program. She also worked on the Joint Staff Anti-Terrorism Office in the Pentagon during 9-11. In this episode, we continue exploring how to handle stressful situations. We talk about how to be prepared to defend ourselves when we're viewed as a threat and how sometimes when we're in flight or flight mode, we actually end up shutting down, which ultimately steals our potential. Deb tells us why we should never mistake motion for action and why breathing is so important when under extreme stress. We also learn how we should respond and think about negativity. Deb sees a world where we respect one another and communicate in ways that will allow us to bring out the best in each other. Deb's truly an incredible human being and I'm so excited to continue sharing her wisdom on this episode of Inside Out.
So when you're mentally tough, you first have to look out for yourself. So I have three symbols. You ready for that for mentally tough women? Okay. Yeah, I love it. Because initially on just the women piece of it, we talked about this before, is that um, I can, what I use and do helps kids to adults, doesn't matter age, doesn't matter gender. But what I really understood is that the people who I most, not all, because <laughs> women are becoming, you know, the gender boundaries are being blown, but it's the kindness mm-hmm. and the thoughtfulness and and women they know are wired with like things crisscrossing. At least that's what they say. The guys are more compartmentalized and I hate to stereotype, but it's in general, they want it simple. They want it broken out. Women are like, how's that connect to the other thing? Oh yeah. How's that connect? Right. And so with the women piece, just because of my own experiences, I figured that I want to appeal to women especially young women who are going out into the world right now and doing, cha- doing, doing transitions, whether it's going from high school to college or college to your new job or moving to a new place or something like that. And then that's one where they want that challenge. They know it's good for them and they want to go out there, but they need to be prepared. And then the other one is the women who are in, in the families who are under a lot of stress. They're trying to manage many, many things and they want to make a bigger impact because they're already out there. They're already making things happen, but they want to do it in a bigger way, which means you got to get more protection. So the first order of protection and skills that you need, I have my handy dandy shield. <laughs> Think about all the warriors that you have. Now, I want to contrast this. Uh, there's two gods and goddesses of war. One is Ares, A-R-E-S, back over 2,000 years ago, God of War, nobody hardly knows about him anymore. Why? Because all he liked is wanton destruction. And then you've got his sister, who's the goddess of war, and she is Athena. And she's also the goddess of wisdom. And wisdom is so important, but you have to realize you're in the real world. The real world, things will be coming at you. Think of um, those great movies with the arrows flying at you. And so you need a shield first to protect yourself. And when you get really good at having your shield, you know that sometimes like I had mortars coming into my uh, position when I was in combat. I I don't know if, if you've ever had anything like that, but when mortars are coming into your position and I'm an engineer, I look at the roof and they, they had decided not to reinforce the roof that we were in eating our meal and we were gathered in groups of people that it's like, this is not a good place to be, (laughs) right? So you want to go find protection. So just like those arrows coming down, I may need it way above me to, to, to keep me. And if I have a bunch of people with me, we can get together and that's how you can keep it when they're, when they're actually flying is a short amount of time. So it's just like a storm going by. It's going to end, but you have to protect yourself. And so I have to protect myself first, because if I haven't protected myself first, um, I'm not around to help anybody else. And then the shield, I can also protect someone else who's near me, because I can see it. I'm, I'm more adept at anticipating what's coming in, and they're not, and they're not maybe agile enough yet, and I can shield them. So that's when stuff is mm. flying. You want to have a shield. Sometimes you can push things off, but it's really there in order to protect yourself. 
Right. It's the oxygen mask. You want to give yourself oxygen mask when the plane's going down first and then be able to use that same oxygen mask to help those around you. But you have to take care of yourself first. And you have to be strong. If you've ever held a bottle of water out for any length of time, your arm gets really tired after an hour, really tired. You know, how how long can you do it? So holding the shield for long periods of time, you've got to be pretty doggone strong. You have to, you know, it doesn't matter how big and the thicker it is, we got better materials, you know, whatever, but you still have to be strong enough to have it when it matters. The other one, this can be controversial to people because they think that people who are warriors want to fight and die, but the only people who want to do that are people who are misguided. I want to live and so do others, but I do recognize that there are things that will hurt us, even if it's unintentional like a comment that can cut to the core, like we talked about below the belt. It hurts so deeply because it comes from a family member or a friend who knows us. So you have to have the ability with the sword in order to, one, if it's coming in, to deflect it, right? You got to be able to deflect it. And in the worst case, if someone's really misbehaving, (laughs) right, you have to be able to maybe hold them down, so that they're not going to hurt someone. And you have to have some teeth. So the edge of it, this one's soft, but you know, you, you have to be able to pin them at a point until they can take a breath and decide to do something other than that. Because otherwise we enable them to be ugly and hurtful to other people. And I am not about that at all. I will, if I hear someone yelling, I will go after them and find out not in a negative way. I'll try to ask those questions but I have to be creative and clever enough and smart enough in order to, and maybe bring somebody else in. I'll tell you, hey, Billy, we well, got to stop this. How can we do it in a nice way? What do you think they, that would cause them to redirect their focus and, and go into a way that we want? Oh, he loves baseball. <laughs> Let's talk baseball. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Whatever it is to distract someone, you have to be able to do it and do it quickly. Um, but that's mm. the knowledge that, Bad things will still come at us and we have to be prepared in order to defend ourselves for whatever. You could be the nicest person coming into a job and other people perceive you as a threat. Why? Because you're a change and maybe they wanted that position. And and it doesn't matter who you are as a person. They just see you as a threat and that everything that comes out of your mouth is negative to them because that's the, the how they're hearing you. So you have to be prepared that not everybody can speak your language and work quickly and connect quickly, which is what we try to teach people. And the final one is the helmet. <laughs> the helmet is so important because it, if we don't have our wisdom, what are we using? Our survival instincts might help for a little while, mm. but what a horrible place to live. If we want to thrive, We have to protect ourselves and incoming things will come and try to hurt us. Um, Scenarios will try to convince us that we need to act a certain way or do something. But if it pushes us to survival mode, not using our wisdom, then we're losing out big time. And so the helmet is just to say, you have to protect that wisdom and guard it because that's, that's where we're going to make the real progress. So those, yeah. And yeah, I love all of those. The, 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 especially the last one, I just want to highlight protecting our, our wisdom. It, it allows us to not be on this, this fight or flight mode, which we 
if like you said, survival mode, if we're in survival mode, talk me through that. Like what, where does that change our decision-making process? How does that alter our ability to use our wisdom? Yeah. I, I think that, um, there's three, there's more than three, but let's just talk three. The three that we have is, um, the fight. And you see a lot of people willing to protest or fight. It's, it's a, it's a technique and it gives you a message but if you want lasting change, it's one of the worst ways that I've ever fought. I've been in war. I've been in combat. I see what happens when it goes to the highest level. If I meet you and I think of you as my enemy on the at the get-go, I'm automatically coming from a very narrow band of what is there. And it and and I I'm discounting your wisdom because I need your wisdom too. Um, you're not my dream team because I'm, I'm fighting you. I, I think you did something wrong. Now, it does indicate something. I'm not saying negative emotions don't matter. They absolutely matter. But it's just like the pandemic. Why would I share that with somebody? Because I know it's contagious. Some people can handle it. They show no symptoms, doesn't bother them a bit. But other people, it can kill. And we know this. It can kill them. Some people grew up in families where nobody yelled. Here's somebody fighting with them and they internalize it as if it's something wrong with them and they and they get very sick. And then you have other families that yell all the time. You ever been with someone like that? I was. I was with someone mm. for a very short while who basically told me my daughter needs to hear yelling because she she hasn't heard that. She needs to deal with it. I dealt with it my whole life. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. If that's your method, that's not helpful because it makes you want to fight. If you have negative stress at you, the second thing is you may flee. I think a large majority of people, they say, he yelled at me one time. I don't ever want to talk to him again. So they're going to be scarce. They're going to go away. And if they can't get out of the physical space and imagine that that person who just left may have the secret to what you're trying to accomplish. And you've just lost them because you've turned them off because you decided to yell in their presence. Maybe you didn't even yell at them. You were yelling at someone else. And they go like, I'm not going to offer an idea to that person because they might turn it and yell at me. And I would say, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I've seen that. If one person yells at this person, chances are you're going to be the target. You just need to, you know, just wait and see. It's going to happen. And I think the third one that is just completely stealing our potential is the shutting down. I'm going to give you an idea until you say something back like, that's a stupid idea. We talked about, we'll talk about that later, but you know, that's a, I got a negative comment or even just a look. And now I'm not going to, I'm not going to contribute. It's like that other guy I said, well, I'm not going to say anything because if I do, I'm not around. You shut down, Mm. you sit there, but there's, and you may even be thinking, but you're not engaging. And because you're not engaging, We've lost that treasure. We've lost the treasure of knowledge and wisdom and insight that could be the key to what we're trying to do. And so these are the ways that you limit yourself. Every one of them, they have a, have, they have a small, narrow band that it's necessary. Like fighting might be necessary because they're right on you and they're going to kill you. <laughs> I may have to do that right. to get some space. Or I may... Um, I may have to flee because they're coming at me and I've got to get out of the direct path. I need to come around like the children's book, little Kuliana. She, you know, she cleverly 
gets out of the way, but she doesn't go away. Okay. Most people in flight, they go away for good. They're not coming back. And then the shutting down, that's the one that has the hugest potential for growth and creating magic with people. Because if you're in the space, if you can keep them in your space and you can engage them, chances are you're going to get so much more productivity. And I don't have to know what needs to be done. I just have to ask the wonderful questions that unleash that talent and say, I can do this. I can make this happen. And so those are the ones. The the survival mode thinking narrows our possibilities and usually is, is a word I've used. I call it an interception strategy. Mm. Never mistake motion for action. Action is making the touchdown. It's, it's achieving the goal you set for yourself. It's not being distracted. It's interception because people are moving around, but they're heading in the opposite direction. And for some weird reason, people are still cheering. <laughs> they're still cheering. Yay, you did something. Oh my gosh, do you really realize what just happened? You just pushed whatever you said was your goal. You have just gone the other way so far. There isn't time in this game to make up that distance. And so the game of life, how precious is time to us? This time with you is so valued. I I treasure this moment because in this time, we're talking about how we can help people live their lives more fully to go from being feeling different to being welcomed, to being angry, to being just joyful, right? It's like the other end. That's what's possible when you understand the differences and the discipline piece of it. I'll tell you what, there are people who can push, can trigger me. I bet you have it too. You know, they'll, they'll say something like, well, I hate that. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. and, and it, the easy way is to just say, well, stop that. But neuroscience will say, as soon as like we talked about, you say, stop, they're going to want to do it. So that's not a good strategy. Right. But the discipline is, if I can't put it in a productive, forward-focused manner, then I need to, I need to just wait until I can. That's hard for people. So, so if, if, if fight or flight or shutting down or narrow bands, what do we or do you suggest we do to give ourselves more options or a wider band? I would say, um, glad, <laughs> great question. I've been thinking that my whole life. And that answer to start with are two courses that I came up with. I, I came up with two courses that captured the answer to that question, that if you do these things, one is about extreme stress. When you're in the moment of, uh, like you can't think beyond, I don't have any money, or where's my next meal coming from, or I'm going to have to stand in front of people and say something, my job could be riding on this. When you're in that panic attack, performers know it all the time before they go on stage. You know, they can, they can, you either bring it together and then you perform and get lost in the performance or you paralyze yourself and you can't do anything, right? And so the idea is under extreme stress, if you're not doing certain things, like the first one is breathing. Breathing is one of those things that we cannot live without more than a couple minutes. When we stop breathing, we stop living. 
And what happens when you're under extreme stress is your breaths become very shallow and you, and you um, start losing oxygen to the brain. So you start going into survival mode thinking. You're not thinking clearly. We use, on average, they estimate less than 50% of our lung capacity, just in general, just in everyday life. We just breathe shallow. But if we breathe diaphragmatically, then we're going to be using more of that. We're going to be bringing that precious oxygen in that is good for our brain, good for our bodies. But people say, well, it's natural. I breathe. Yeah, it's natural until, you, until you're until you under stress and then you forget to breathe. And I've had to tell myself, like with running, how did I make myself run? I would watch someone fall out of the run like one of the women, she would fall out really early. I would see her fall out and I'd start panicking. I'd start, my heart hmm. start racing. It's like, I know this is terrible. <laughs> you start getting those negative thoughts and you start panicking and stop breathing. And then I'd look at the other woman who was in our Camille Barassa. She was, she was like a gazelle. She could run faster than half the guys in our organization. And I'd look at her. She wasn't even breaking a sweat. And I'm like, okay, focus on her focus on her. She's <laughs> she's doing something right. She's figured this out. She's a little bit taller than me, but she's about she's slighter than me. I can do this, right? And so survival mode gets you. What do you have to do? So there's five steps that I have. It's I call it the lifeline. It's like when you're when you know you're going to face extreme stress, like our poor um, health workers, they had a high stress environment anyway. But now every person they engage could be life or death if they don't take the proper, you know, have the proper equipment and follow the proper protocols. They had to be really skilled really fast. So handling stress, you have to learn these skills. It's like your PPE, your protective equipment that you have to have. That's under extreme stress. And then the, um, the other course that I have is called Stress Basics. Four lessons are different aspects of negativity. And we've talked a lot about that. So those are the two best ways to start. How do you how do you manage this? How do you go into these situations? Because most people care. They just don't know how easy really it is to help. They have to be a little more skilled and they have to maybe had some hard knocks because they know what the other option is. If you know what the other option is, you say, I don't want that relationship. I want that relationship. And if I want that relationship, yeah. what does that take? So one of the things that you shared during our first meeting, which I, I can't get out of my head, <laughs> is the story and the concept of cockroaches and termites. <laughs> and I wonder if you could share oh, with to. the listeners why I would bring up those two insects. It's a it's perfect time because when you talk about negativity, it's not, it's not a matter of talking about emotions that I'm sad or I'm angry or whatever. Negativity is that, in con- is that conscious, intentional way that we look at things and do things, how we think about it and what we do. And so next time your audience listens to someone yelling at another person loudly, vocally, so everybody knows it, you can sense that energy, even if you don't feel you have intuition, you can get when someone's yelling at another person, guess kind of what that feels like to be the subject. And you understand that neuroscience tells us that even if we're not the subject of it, we feel the same way as a person feeling it, unless you, you've, uh, you know, 
gotten rid of your emotions and you're and you're like that dead person's goals, right? You, you're, I'm not going to feel anything. They can keep yelling. I'm not going to feel anything. Okay, well, okay. But if you understand someone yelling, think about everything that's coming out of their mouth like a cockroach, like it's a flow of cockroaches. I even have a picture now. Here we go. I call them cockroach attacks. Can you see that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I they're talking. See yeah. You see, you know, what do we know about cockroaches? They, they, they One, it's coming out of the mouth because it's that toxicity. It's landing. And see, that person is acting very like it's icky. It's not going to kill them, but it's very icky. And what do we know about cockroaches is that when they're out there, if you've ever had them in your house <laughs> or you've ever seen them, they multiply and they go and they hide and then they come out and you just want to kill them, right? You just want to get them. But you know that if there's one, there's likely more and that they, and that if you allow them to fester and grow, the population explodes until everything's covered in cockroaches, right? And it's just so icky. So that's what I see and feel when I, he- when I'm around someone who starts yelling, I'm going to do some way to first go, (laughs) how can I get them to stop it? You know, because you got to stop the flow. We have to clean the rest up and it's going to come back on us. Oh, by the way, if you here, we have flying cockroaches. I don't know if you have them, but they're really icky. If they're in your house, they're going to fly and you could ride them. You could harness them and, you know, like in a rodeo, (laughs) you know, they come out and they'll, and they'll land on you. Oh, goodness. Um, Yes. But that's what it's like. So you want to be able to stop that. But And that's bad. So you want to have the skills and the discipline and the ability to do that. And I'm telling you, those two courses will give you a great head start to know what to do. Um, but the one that is more, I found, that is much more problematic, I call them, they're called termite invasions. Let's see if I can get that. There you go. Termite invasions right? Termites. Now, Mm -hmm. these guys are actually pretty small, very teeny tiny things. So what they are, and you got the wood over here, and you got the house over here. What do we know about termites? They take the structure down. In Hawaii, they can take down a house in a year, ground termites. Wow. I mean, fast. And so I want people to think about what's a termite invasion. That's when you're in a meeting when these little, you, you talk about an important subject, maybe the most important subject in your organization, and you've got someone in the room that then says, well, that's a stupid comment, or we've tried that before. That's never going to work, right? Those are those little uh, 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 comments. They could be right, but because they've couched it in that way, it just, it just completely stops the process. And more than 50% of the people are very thoughtful. They're not going to speak unless it's safe to speak. Any one of those little termite comments, they know they're there. I don't want to be subjected to termites. I'm not going to say a word. I don't care how small it seems. Over time, it, it, it attacks my self-esteem. It attacks my creativity because I don't want to offer up ideas. And so that's, that's what I think about when I see negativity in that form. And so people at business or even people in home can do things in order to one, be aware of it. There, most of us are, we just ignore it. It's like the noise going on around us. We just ignore it because it happens so often. But when we have such a low standard, 
we really hold ourselves back from accomplishing what we're capable of doing. And so in meetings, I would help people be aware of that. And I couldn't do it with a negative approach. If, if Billy, you were in my meeting, and let's say, what are you going to say? What's a termite comment that you, or termite invasion comment you might do? Just say. I completely, dis- I completely disagree. Okay, great. I, I, I would actually, when I'd hear one of those, people would say, oh, you're too sensitive. No, I'm not. I know exactly what's happening here. We've just created a little colony over here of these, of these termites. And if I'm not careful, everything we're trying to accomplish is going to be like that house. It's going to collapse. So I'd say, Billy, you said, and what'd you say? You said, that's never going to work, right? I, I, I completely, I completely disagree. Di- that's a great one. Yeah, I completely disagree with that. So I would not, I would not color it or anything. I just say, I com- you said, I completely disagree with that. Now, I, Billy, I have some opinions about that, but would anyone in this group like to comment on what you just said? And then I was off the hook. Because I didn't have to, I was thinking, Billy, knock it off. I wanted to say that, but you can't say that. If you say it that way, you're feeding into the survival mode thinking, the controlling survival mode thinking. And then, and then the rest of the room, most of the time, if it were you, you would say, did I, did that come out of my mouth? I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, that's usually the first person. Once I said it back to them, they go, I didn't say, I didn't mean to say that, or I didn't say it that way right? It's how you mm-hmm. accent it. And then the rest of the people, like, like I get denial a lot. I didn't say that. And then the rest of the room is erupting in laughter because, oh yeah, you did. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, then you could talk about it. And then yeah. everyone would be on their toes to couch before they said something to be productive about it. It's not about having a difference of opinion. I love this difference of opinion, but it's about getting people to feel safe in a room. And then for the people who were thoughtful, the, the other way, I would make it exciting because you never knew when I was going to stop the meeting unless you were highly attuned to those kind of comments, either cockroach attacks or, or termite invasions. If you knew those kind of things, then you'd know I was stopping the meeting. Or if I missed it, they might bring it up, right? Because I didn't have to be the enforcer. I'm the facilitator. I'm trying to bring out everyone's best. And if people recognize that that's interfering in the process, it's like judging during brainstorming. Anyone in business knows you don't you suspend judgment until after you brainstormed, right? That's a huge rule violation. Well, this is the same thing. And the and the second right. thing was if you were in my meeting. I'm at, and you haven't contributed, and I don't feel that you're you're contributing openly. I will ask you a question before we leave, and I might say, "Let's say you're the quiet. I can't see you this role, but maybe, maybe you would sometimes be the most quiet in the room because you have ideas. You're an idea generator. Not, not used, not usually, right. but yes, we're all <laughs> idea generators. So if someone's an idea generator, and imagine someone who's thoughtful, who's actually an idea generator, but they're not willing to share it unless they feel safe enough." I'd say, Billy, I know you've been thinking about this topic for a long time, and I realize it's getting late in the day, but I have to tell you, it's so important. I really want to hear what you have to say about this topic because we're not going to leave until we do. And I, because it's that, I know it's that important. Would you mind sharing some thoughts on that? Mm, It's, they feel safe. 
And, and I, I didn't have a problem with that. And they were thinking and they had, that's where the golden or platinum nuggets were residing. Not in the people yeah. who you put something out on the table and automatically they say, oh, that's not going to work, but this will work. Do it this way. Right? Right, right, right. Those, the were, loud mouths, th- those yeah. were not the golden or platinum nuggets. Those were, yeah. So I, I am so excited to share everything that you've shared so far. And I, in particular, I mean, just the fact that you are thinking about this in a very unique and different way. I am, I'm actually, I can't wait to share this with my audience and let them know where to find you. So give us a flavor of where they can find you, where they can find your courses kind of to conclude us, give us a little run through of, you know, where your online presence is. And then just the final word for the audience share whatever you think would kind of put a bow on all of this and give your final thoughts. Okay. Love to Billy. I do hope they connect with me like they, like I have with you on LinkedIn, Deb Lewis Hawaii, but it's mentally tough women is, is my business. It's, it's what's at the end of that link, but my website, mentallytoughwomen.com is a place they can go and they can sign up for the courses through a link there for in your case, for your special audience, I'm going to have a link that will always have a steep discount. And for when we figure out when this airs, they're going to get it for free. They'll get both courses for free, but they have to go to mentallytoughwomen.com forward slash Billy Samoa, B-I-L-L-Y-S-A-M-A-O, right? S-A-M-O-A. Sorry. M-O-A. Yeah. I've been, yep. Samoa. Sorry. Billy, I can spell <laughs> not, it. Not far from you. Not, yeah. not far from you. But Billy Samoa, yeah. if they go there, they, they'll, they'll get a link. At least the first 20 people will get the link for these courses for free. They are the beginning courses that will start speaking the language of what I call now the mentally tough women way. <laughs> it's, it's a way, it's a system. But as you've brought out, there's so many layers there, this is like the ground floor. This is like building the foundation. And once they've done that, they'll start speaking the language and understanding so we can get into these type of discussions that you and I are engaging in where you've gotten that. You've learned that in life, that that's how you get more of what you want. Isn't Oh, I know. Um, Dale Carnegie used to say, if you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. Well, that's a negative way of saying it, but it's true. <laughs> I like the one, you know, honey is better than, what is it? Well, there's another one that's honey's better than, than vinegar. vinegar, right? Yeah. So pick what you want to do in life in order to make a bigger impact. And so that's a way that they can do it. And, um, and those sources, especially yours, that'll start it. They'll know what the mentallytoughwomen.com forward slash Billy Samoa. They'll get that opportunity and be able to sign up. Um, and then they can receive more materials to help them on their journey because we're just beginning this MTW journey, right? This is, this is, and I love to have not just women, but men who feel self-confident in themselves. They can be in a room full of women and contribute and the women feel safe when the men are in the room. When I was with, you know, our percentages, 4,400 cadets and 62 women, (laughs) you can... The environment was explosive many times, right? Lots of yelling, screaming, treating people badly, all that kind of stuff. People have to be feel safe. And it's not just a gender thing. 
It's a respect thing as a human being. And I look forward to the time when we as human beings can respect each other, be in a room, I've seen it with tribal nations, be in a room and have these kind of a way to communicate that will always make us feel safe, valued, and allow us to bring out our best, allow us to go beyond what we've ever known we were capable of, of. and doing it together, we just we just feel like that dream team. And that's, you're on my dream team, Billy, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege and it's an honor. And when people can get excited about stress and see the power that it gives us, our greatest power is our presence of being. Let's use it for something awesome. And that's, that's what I want to free people to do because otherwise they're being held back. And, and I just look forward to this journey, Billy. Wow. What a way to end. Could not have said it better. And just the smile that you see on the face. It's magical to think that our presence of being during the most difficult and challenging times when we're thrown to the ground, when we face adversity, when we have moments that seem dire, that maybe seem like we don't know what the end looks like. But if we have the presence of being to Remember that this will teach us something. We will get through this. We will survive. It's always going to be that way, Billy. It just takes a new level. But I, I'm glad you said it that way. I started getting chicken skin there. And I thought the next thing was the love that we have in our hearts. I believe love is heaven yep. on earth. That's our heaven on earth is the love that we share. And so imagine that scenario where you are just, it's so hurtful. And you have someone who doesn't have to say a word, but they just look over at you and smile with i'll get emotional because people have done this for me people have done this for me when i met my husband has done this when i feel all is lost and i've just about lost hope on something and i look over and he just he just gives me that look of love and that support and says honey you can do this struggle is good you're struggling to get better this is good. We're going to get through this. It's it's it, we can get through anything. We if we have our lives, we can rebuild on anything. And and we can rebuild better. Oh by the way, when change happens, that's the absolute time to start dreaming big and and saying, "How do I want to feel? What's the ideal life for me now? How can I do it and be productive? Not where's my next handout? I need a handout. I need some people believe that they need help from everybody all the time. They have to be able to stand on their own to truly, really get the key to the treasure chest. <laughs> if they, you know, they'll get, they'll get a coin here or there, but they don't get the key to the treasure chest until they stand on their own and love themselves first, which is really hard for some of us, and then be the love to, in all those ways we communicate and be so validating and supportive and welcoming, right? That love, that love just permeates. And we can be that. Think of the sun. Like I'm in Hawaii, you're in California. Think about if all the people and all the support and love that you needed was was all that energy was put into a light source that's above our heads. And when we wanted it and needed it, it would just shine down on us and fill us with the warmth and the support that we need. And, and all that pain and all that hurt and and um, all that negativity would just wash away, right? Just wash away. And we already, everybody, I'll guarantee, has it in their life today. 
They have it in their life today. They're just not seeing it. And so I hope we'll open up their hearts and their eyes to be able to see that. And it starts, as you said, it starts with loving yourself. When you love yourself, it's a whole lot easier to love others. And so Deb, Lewis, thank you for being on Inside Out. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for having the courage to be the human being that you are. I feel honored to know you. And as I said at the beginning, this is just getting started. So thank you once again. Aloha, Billy. Thank you for being such a shining light in this forum. This is such a great opportunity and I can't wait to hear more. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insight Out. I hope you enjoyed the show and I really hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in your career, in your business, or in your life. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform. This is extremely helpful and I can't tell you how much I would appreciate it. Also, if you haven't checked out our website yet, you can find us on the interweb at insightoutshow.com. On the site, you'll find tons of great content, including all of our podcast episodes, videos, blog posts, and the all-important link to support this show through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's an amazing platform that helps creators gain the support they need to continue creating. And remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out. Oh, my God.